You're listening to K is for Kinky, and we're your friendly neighborhood kinksters. <laughs> I'm Jen. And this is... Madam Rose. We have an extra kinkster here today. And we're going to be doing our very first interview called Interview with the Dominatrix. <laughs> Madam Rose edition. Hello, and welcome to the K is for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. By the way, if Eden and I are a little weird on timing, it's because we have to share a mic and we're swinging it back and forth between the two of us. We are a low-budget operation. If you want to fix it, become a patron today. Okay. Without further ado, interview with the Dominatrix. You guys got me hooked on that sound now. I need need that. We do a lot of our own sound effects here. Um, That's all we got. Recreate. Madam Rose, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. This is exciting already. There's cheese. Oof. There is cheese. When you're a guest on our show, we give you stuff. Cheese and grapes. Cheese and grapes and crackers. All right. We're interviewing Madam Rose today. Madam Rose is our very first uh, guest we've ever had on the show. Um, and what we're going to do today is kind of ask Madam Rose a little bit about her experiences as a pro dom, which is super exciting. And um, now it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The mic has swung. We're figuring it out. Um, Did you say we're fingering it out? Because it sounds like he's ever fingering it out. I didn't, but thank you. (laughs) So um, I guess the first question is, let's go back to the beginning. Mm. Not even when you became a pro dom, but when did you think about maybe I want to do this thing? How, How did that come about for you? Oh, man. That was a really crazy experience too, and I'm so happy to share this with you because it never, it, like, if I look back then, I would never guess that I'd be where I'm at right now, which is really exciting. So when I first got into BDSM, like most people, I'm sure, I used BDSM to heal a lot of trauma from things that I'd been through in life, and I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. I just knew that I was seeking whatever the feeling I was getting from doing whatever the thing was, and it wasn't safe, and I was with people that were with total predators, and I had nobody to guide me or show me around or make me feel safe at all, and silly me, I thought I was a submissive baby girl, and that... Uh, I needed to have a daddy dom. And so, of course, you know, I was eating like, you know, raw chicken in an alligator cage. Like it was just, I was just attacked. And I had a lot of people do a lot of really funky things to me. But I actually befriended this guy in Canada and on FetLife. And we just started chatting. Or actually, maybe it was some other like kinky app thing that you like meet people on. It's totally weird. Alt? Was it alt? Uh, No, it was like way more ghetto and underground than that. You had to like, it was like one of those apps that looks like, it's like one of those speakeasy apps where like it looks like it's a clock or a calendar or something. But there's like a little secret button in the app you push and then you enter in a password and then boom, now you're in the BDSM kinky pass. Like in oh. the, I can't remember the right. name of it now. Damn it! They probably would prefer that. <laughs> they right, and I feel like they should be paying me if I'm going to be promoing them, anyways. But anyway, so I met this guy, and I asked him if he could protect me, and I didn't even really understand what that meant, other than that, if he, if someone was protecting me on these apps, then people would have to go through him in order to talk to me. So I immediately felt like some sense of security or whatever. 
And I was with this guy for a while and slowly over time, I built trust with him and he became my daddy dom. And as a person who'd only ever really had experience with women or with, you know, the queer community, it was really weird for me to be finding all of these amazing feelings from this cis guy. And we just connected so well. I satisfied so many things and explored so many cool things with this guy. And when I went to see him in Canada once... He took me to, uh, they don't have like commercial dungeons in Canada, really. They don't have like big kinky dungeons like we have out here in LA or even in New York or anything like that. It's all very sensual community and they have like a lot of sex clubs and swingers clubs and stuff like that. So we went to a sex swingers club because they had dungeon equipment in the basement. I'm using finger quotes right now. (laughs) dungeon equipment um and so i was really excited so we went there and i got up on the cross and i asked this guy if he'd flog me and this poor guy he had barely any experience flogging and here he's flogging me in front of all of these swingers right and they're all like of course like oogling and googling and just watching the whole thing and i'm eating it up as a performer because i'm like oh my god people are watching me this is so (laughs) awesome and so i get off the cross and uh turn around and then i start practicing my florentine right because i'm totally at this point oblivious to me it's just commonplace because this is what this is my new lifestyle now and so I turn around and there's like I don't know maybe four six couples approach me and they're like oh my god that was amazing we've always wanted to learn how to do this will you please teach me how to dominate my husband and I was like yeah of course you know I'm a business person I'm an entrepreneur so I was like yeah of course I actually went to the local dungeon at their website it was like how much do they charge for sessions and I was like oh 200 bucks yeah that's my rate yep I'm here on vacation but you know what I'll squeeze you in I'm happy to, you know, help the community or whatever. I totally faked it that I was even a pro, which is so dangerous. But I really just wanted to teach these people how to flog and spank each other. I didn't feel like I was doing anything, like, out of my skill level. So I didn't feel like I was really putting anybody in danger. Um, And I did. I ended up coming home with, like, a few thousand dollars from Canada because I was just, like, I just showed up and I saw a need and I thought I should be paid for my skills and... Then I came back from Canada and I immediately went to Mr. Cyan at Sanctuary and I was like, I think I'm actually a professional already and I think I should probably (laughs) learn some things now. So I told her, I was like, well, I'm a switch. So I'm just going to be a switch and I'm going to get a lot of sessions because I'm a switch so I can I can help people on both sides, you know, and she's like, no, you're not a switch. You're a mistress. And I was like, no, 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 really, I'm a switch. Don't worry. And so she's like, no, you're going to be a mistress, and that's it. And I was like, okay. And so, you know, I just at this point, I'm like, you know better than I do, you know. So uh, then somebody taught me how to crack a bull whip, and that was the end of my submissive days. <laughs> and, and then it was just about, you know, like – that's what started the whole thing snowballing. Then it was just about practicing my craft and learning how to be better and really just trying to kind of enjoy being, and I don't really like the term baby dom, but in a way I was really just trying to embrace the fact that I was so new and not be in a hurry to get, you know, 20 years into the game. It was just exciting to be starting and everything was, I was like on fire and high all the time because every day it was like something totally different and totally new and, so that's how I that's how I got there was that's awesome. totally inadvertently at a sex club in Canada. <laughs> so Eden, there's another reason now why we need to visit Canada besides visiting mm. Lena. Lena. Time travel on our Discord. Oh, time okay. travel back in time to meet young Madame Rose. Oh, cool! In Canada, yeah, let's do it. Do you have a time machine? 
Well, you said there was only one reason or an extra reason. I thought that what else, what else, just to see. No, like maybe we can go make a few thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. We can start like a whole thing. Actually, I actually ended up going up and working in Canada repeatedly and actually see? built. Yeah, I built kind of a, a thing at the swingers clubs there, like teaching the, the swingers how to like, you know, safely do kink. So the moral of the story is go to places that you don't live and teach kink. Um. Just be open because you never know who's going to approach you. You never know. You know, we're all kind of representatives of our lifestyles. We're like ambassadors of kink, I guess, is a a way I like to think of myself. And so, you know, if you see somebody doing something somewhere and they want to learn and they want, like, take the time. It's better that we share with each other than let people practice unsafely, right? So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. And and be there. Um, Well, I have a different question written down, although I kind of want to build on this, but I'm just going to ask it. I'm a professional interviewer and I'm not being awkward at all on the air. What is your primary motivation when you're dominating somebody? So my primary motivation is really about creating a safe space. And it sounds so, you know, cliche, but it's really about creating a safe space to allow somebody to be who they really are and taking the time with my skills to be able to see inside the person that's coming to me and asking me to satisfy something or help them achieve something that nobody else in the world could possibly understand for them and having like ultimate compassion to listen to what it is, really listen to what it is they say and really listen to what it is they want to do and provide that space where they can do that and be that and have that and, you know, it's, I know the power of how that feels on the receiving end, and I want to be able to help people. So in a way, it's kind of cliche, but it's really about helping people for me. It's about you know helping people get what they need in order to be happy and thrive in life. Because we can all live and we can survive, but it's, it's a whole different thing to, to thrive and really you know shine because you're giving yourself the things that you need. In a way, it's kind of like the ultimate in self-care, and I, I feel honored to be able to provide that for people. Do you feel like that's something that's unique to you? Do you think that's a common motivation for pro-doms or is that just sort of a guesswork? You're not really sure. No, I don't think it's a common thing for for pro-doms. I don't think. I mean, I know there's a good significant amount of people, especially the ones that are doing it really long term that have been in the game for 20, 30 years. That is their their goal. That is what they, you know, they may mask it with something else. But really, that's ultimately what what it's about is, is being able to provide and take care of other people in that space. You may start with a completely different intention. It might feel good. You might like the attention. You might like all the money that you're going to get. You know, um, you might like the, the feeling of constantly living in kink. Uh, and there's a lot of unhealthy sides to that as well, but, uh, it gets, you know, pretty addicting there in the beginning, but if you're not really about having that compassion, compassion and really connecting with that person, then you're going to get sick of it and you're going to leave. And so I just noticed that the ones who really stick around long-term in this profession are the ones who really do care about creating that space or, you know, having that connection with people and, and being in that you know, kind of symbiosis with people when they need it. You mentioned um, providing a safe space and uh, letting people really be who they are. Do you feel similarly like you can be who you are when you're a pro-dom, like when you're in the scene? Or is it more so you creating that space? Like, are you changed by people as you help them have that space? It's a really good question. I guess the thing that pops into my mind is that I think I like to think of myself as sort of a kaleidoscope. When you look inside, there's a lot of different angles and a lot of different colors. I don't get to be everything with everybody all the time, you know, so being, being a pro allows me to have random encounters and random connections with people 
that I get to shine that little part of my life that I never really get to access all the time. You know, I have like a regular life like everybody else, but being a pro kind of allows me to access parts of my personality and my life that I don't really normally get to have or share all the time. So, um, I think that answers the question. I'm not sure what the original question was. Anymore. No, that was, that was great. That was awesome. Um, yeah. Ms. Jen, take it away. You're, you're next. Just give me the mic. <laughs> what is, when you tell somebody that you're a pro dom, mm. what is their first question? Or what's the most common question you get? It's, it goes either one or two ways. It's always like, oh my God, you have sex for money. Or, <laughs> or it's sort of like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, um, you must make a lot of money, you know, it's like, it's this huge perception. I'm rolling around in millions of dollars all the time. So it go, either goes in one or two directions. Like, oh my God, you're sleeping with people or, oh my God, you must make so much money. Um, and then some people are, do they just like ask a billion questions? Like they want to live vicariously through me, but yeah, it's, it's, and I'd say it's probably most of the time it's like, oh my gosh, you must make so much money, you know, or, um, it's almost always like they're just in bewilderment or whatever. Like they've never... And I don't realize how rare we are, I guess, until I meet people like that, where they start asking, you know, tr- like in that reaction. I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, there's not a lot of pro doms, I guess, you interact with at the grocery store, maybe. I don't know. Well, you don't know. No, that's true. It's like, it's like, it's like meeting like a vampire in person, like in the daylight. It's like, oh, my gosh, like a mythical creature, you know? I said vampire instead of a unicorn because dominatrices are scary and unicorns are not. I'm only scary if you pay for it. Right. You're not really scary, Madam Rose. I was Sorry. just being silly. Consent. Scary right. with consent. If you if you earn it or you pay for it, that's the two ways. I love that the most common questions are about sex and money. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. And I mean, it's probably different for other people. I don't know. Maybe it's just the people I come in contact with. But it's like either people are kind of disgusted and they just like ask me questions like like they have to confirm what they're already in their mind thinking is happening Judging. yeah exactly and so they just want to confirm and then they're like or they're flabbergasted like oh, would never and I'm like you don't know me that well then if you really are going to have that perception but uh, or they're just like oh my god you must make so much money that sounds so exciting and I'm like yeah see me roll up in my you know Range Rover and just landed from Italy you know <laughs> I wish. I mean, I don't, I know a lot of people probably do it for the money, but I do not. I mean, I'm not cheap, but I also don't do it for the money. I do it for the connection. I do it because my desire for kink is insatiable and I want something new all the time. So (laughs) there you have it. Um, So we asked what are the most common questions you get, but what do you think people should be asking you and what do you wish they would? Oh my gosh. Well, first, I always tell people, you really should research your doms, whoever it is you're going to pay money to, to go see and trust with your body in a strange place. Please do your research and check up on this person. Make sure they have experience. Make sure they know what they're doing. Make sure they don't have a reputation for killing people. You know? That's valid. <laughs> it's No, it's true. I've heard a lot of stories, you know, about people going and seeing, like, maybe an escort who found out she can make more money if she's a kinky escort, but she doesn't have any skills or, you know, maybe she's just mm-hmm. trying stuff. And, you know, people, when they're horny, want to do things that are unsafe sometimes. And if you don't know what you're doing, then it could be a very real possibility that person could die. So it's just really important. Don't don't shop with your eyes. Shop with your brain, you know. It really investigate who it is that you're going to go see. So I always ask people, you know, I wish they'd ask me, like, you know, 
first, at first I wish they'd negotiate back with me. It's always one directional. I've always got to ask them if they have medical problems. I've always got to ask them if they, you know, what their needs are. Very few times do people ever ask me, you know, what I want. But when you're paying for it, it's not really about me in that sense. Even though it is about me, it's not really about me. It's really, it's like a service top situation. So I'm there to make sure it's safe, but it's not about me. Even though I act like it's all about me and we're going to pretend like it's all about me. It's really about whatever they want. So they may order like a number four, but I'm going to serve you number four. However, I like to serve number four. So <laughs> with fries, <laughs> that's, well, that's, you'll find out. <laughs> um, but I guess I just wish that people would kind of take the time to spend a little bit more time to investigate on these people and their doms and make sure that, you know, they're going to see a professional that's really trained and skilled and has experience and good references and, you know, has a good reputation and a good standing. So I'd start there, I think. Vetting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Somebody it's a can, street. They can look good holding a whip, but do they have any aim throwing the whip? Right. <laughs> right. A little bit important. You could die. You could also lose an eye. Right, right. I mean, I've seen so many (laughs) pornos, like, where this, like, there's this really hot chick, no bra, she's stunning, right? And she's just whipping the shit out of this person on the cross. And only hitting their kidneys, only hitting the joints, and I'm just like, exactly. I mean, that's pretty good aim, honestly. Like, if you can just hit the joints. You know, and, like, this poor person has welts on Uh, their, and I'm just like, it's like, it hurts to watch, honestly, because it's like, I know that whoever does that hired that actress, you know, the poor girl, she doesn't have any idea what she's up there doing. And the poor person's on the cross is even more dangerous, you know, and I've seen, I've seen scenes where the bottom is called red and they just keep going on oh. camera. And I'm just like, I can't watch this. So I just feel like Yikes. you really got to, you really got to vet, you know, this is, it's so easy to get caught up in the fantasy and, and all the sexy, exciting stuff that we do, but you really have to. You know, I mean, you, seriously, you wouldn't go to a dentist that didn't have a license, right? You're not going to go. There you go. You're not, you, you should think about who's doing your plastic surgery, right? Like, you're not going to go to a, a heart doctor that's never performed open heart surgery, you know? It's like, you got to just yeah. think about what it is you're doing. And it's the same for this, too. Just because your genitals might be activated doesn't mean you're not, you know what I mean? You got to think about Activate your too. brain. Exactly. <laughs> At least activate the brain first and then you can activate the genitals later. But like right. start with the brain, secure it, make sure it's safe and then you can Work go your way down. It. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, um. <laughs> but no, you're right. Vetting is a two-way street. I think it's just like we have to vet our clients. They should be vetting us back. Yeah. I always like to say, not, not so much on vetting, that I say this, but on negotiation, like mm-hmm. when you were talking, I like to say negotiation should be a conversation, not an interrogation. Ooh. Ooh. Right? It should right. go in both directions. Well so, said. Yeah. yeah. I, that's my quote. I said that. That's I like Ms. it. Jen. You should put that on a t shirt. Trade merch sticker. <laughs> I'm seeing full merch here. We need like little soft, like what are those wobble heads? You guys should get little wobble heads of yourself. Wobble heads, bobble heads. Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Get that. And then you can just have like a little flag waving and it just says that. Interrogation, conversation. We, we fantasize about merch all the time. We have no reason to actually produce it because there's no one that's going to buy it, but we would love to be that. able to one produce merch. Never, well, I've been on one your show day. now, so you're going to blow up. Yeah. And, I'm excited. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why we wanted to have you here. Yeah. So, no, that's I'll have not my true. manager call your manager. No, we want to do we'll set you're something you. up. Yeah. We I only need like 10% royalty. You can do whatever you want with the rest. Yeah. No, no, we wanted you here for you, Madam Rose, I promise. <gasps> okay. Are you ready for the next question? Oh, dun, dun, dun. 
what are some of the most common kinks or scene requests Wait. from clients? No, that's not the question. That's not what? the question. Wait, what? On top of that, <laughs> what's your favorite one you've done? Or okay, one of so wait, this is a two-parter. That's so a different question. We can two-part oh, I got ahead of myself. I got really excited because I want to so know. Let's, <laughs> let's start with, like, I guess the most requested. And I'm sure this is probably different for every person, right? Like, for me, um, it goes one of two ways. Either people want the super soft central stuff or they want the super extreme, scary, um, please endanger my life type requests. Um, you get only those two. Yeah, it's you like it's very two. variant. Like I don't ever have anybody come and say like I'd really just like a nice like you know regular uh, bondage scene or anything. It's like no, like let's either it's like I really want to suck your feet and like give you goddess worship, or it's you know um, I want you to you know kidnap me and take me to your mountain cabin and torture me for the weekend and deprive me of food and water for three days and. Or will you waterboard me in a warehouse? <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, it's like really, it's like, it's polarized that way. It's either super soft central stuff uh, or like newbies. I, I do attract newbies. So it's either people that are like, I've always wanted to, you know, or, um, and it's, and that those people, it's almost always soft stuff. Like I've just, I've always really been into like feet or armpits or something, you know, like that. Um, <laughs> or... I also get a lot of role play requests, which is great because that that makes me feel like people have actually taken the time to kind of get to know me a little bit and know how theatrical I like to be. And so we kind of that's great because that's a good door opener for creating like an awesome relationship between the two of us. If you're into role play and I'm into role play, hey, we're going to have fun. (laughs) Um, And then what was the the second part was what's your stream or something? What's your like most favorite or like one of the coolest scenes you've done? So I had a very regular client for a very long time. We're very good friends now. Um, He's an older gentleman and can't see me quite as much anymore. Um, But when we first started seeing each other, those were probably some of my most favorite sessions ever. And we would do like four or five hour scenes that were uh, built around this storyline that we had created where he uh, got caught breaking it. So I'm a post-apocalyptic queen of Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and... Um, the whole world is burned and I'm now the queen. I'm taking over everything and these are my lands, right? And so I caught this guy breaking into my land and trying to kill me, kill anybody on my on my staff or whatever, the people that are protecting me, you know? So I caught him. So now I've got him, you know, in my barracks, whatever, in my little dungeon and I'm interrogating him and I'm, you know, and so I eventually take him from being my kidnap prisoner to uh, slowly over time training him to be my own personal private assassin. And in between us, in between <laughs> sessions, I would send him out to have like homework in between sessions. So it would be like, I like the weirdest stuff too. I'd be like, you have to go find entire animal remains in bones and bring them to me at the next session, or you will be punished and you'll be dropped down an entire notch from your status. You know, or be, it would always be something <laughs> random, right. And like super intense and super serious and fun. And, and he was, he came from a film background too. He was a director and, and a uh, filmographer and a fil- filmographer. I don't think that's the actual title. Filmographer. Mm-hmm. He, he used to direct and, and help uh, write movies and stuff. And so here's me. I have my, my background in film and theater. And then he's got his background in film and theater. And so it was just great. Like we, we got to just carry that on and on. And that was, those were definitely some of my most favorite sessions ever was, I think because it was just such a developed storyline and it wasn't just like a come here, 
do the thing and then leave. There was like so much more interaction to it and it extended out past the scenes, I think, which was yeah. also some of the best part. You know, I know not everybody has the commitment or the the capacity to be able to have those kind of engagements, but man, when you can, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it honestly just reminds me of like sexy playing pretend. Like, mm. like as kids, like we spend our time like in imaginary worlds and it's cool as an adult to be able to have that freedom to create and to play with somebody like that. That's yeah, so awesome. Yeah. Um, so you love to role play. What's like, what are some of your favorite roles to occupy or like archetypes that you like to ar- uh, occupy? Yeah, I'm definitely a strict ass warden. Uh, I have my own pr- I have jail in my mind. I'm totally the warden of this fucking prison and I like to keep people imprisoned. Um, also Dr. Frankenrose is another, uh, role play I love to do. I have this whole fantasy about building my own private submissive out of body parts that I've collected from submissives along the way that I liked. Um, (laughs) uh, Let's see what else. Um, I think part of the excitement too, for me is like, it's so much improv, you know, like I, I like, I get so excited when people say like, I'll do role play. Cause I'm like, okay, cool. Tell me what the scene is. Like I'm in, what kind of props do we need? Like, like, I don't even care. We don't need a script. Let's just throw me a persona and I'll run with it. Um, so I really like those. I think anything where I just have to be in a stern position of power. I do sometimes like being daddy and, uh, getting to do like some mommy daddy type role play thing. That's fun. Um, but it's mostly usually always I'm like the, some kind of police officer, FBI agent, or uh, the warden is always a good one for me. I just, I really love interrogation. And so anytime I get to be in that position where I'm like the police or the FBI or, you know, I'm some kind of drug, hardened drug criminal, like I captured you with the border and I'm holding you hostage or like, I don't know, whatever weird shit that pops in my head like that. I know I'm being impertinent, impertinent, but can you give us a taste of pulling us over on the side of the road because you were texting? <laughs> Do you know why I pulled you over today? Oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> no, I'm keeping I'm so up. Sorry, with did the... you need a warm up for that? Or... <laughs> I'm keeping up with the flow of traffic. And what were you doing on your phone? I were you looking at my website? I... <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to let you get out of this ticket right now. Then yes. <laughs> oh, seen over. <laughs> I'm still going to need $395, though, so. But no. Okay, and then that's where the scene goes. I'm going to get, you only give me money, then it'd pay me tomorrow. Oh, my God. Just, I mean, that's how we're going to start, right? But you still have to go to court. Oh, see what I did there? You want to go see Judge Rose? Are you the police and the judge? I can be the judge, the jury, and the executioner, sure. sweetheart. Yes. This 100%. is pretty impressive. 100%. We can do it all in the same hour, even. That's how good I am. I'm slightly excited, flustered, and scared of going to the judge. See, I'm successful. This was immediate. That You locked into the role. Okay, good. So now you guys, oh. Slow down, or you're going to owe her money in I a know. second. I know. Well, we just gave the audience a taste of what Madam Rose is capable of. Split second yeah, police I need officer. My, I need my, like, my police baton and, oh, God, get some polyester pants that would be that great was genuinely, that was genuinely terrifying immediately some tight super tight polyester pants on. and then can i we gotta have a car i need to like walk up to the side of your car and like lean over excuse me ma'am excuse me ma'am but what if i made a face when you did it like i was like this whoa what if i did like a what if i sucked my chin into how much have you neck? had to drink tonight ma'am oh okay there you go could I goof off to get out of the situation? No, but because no. what happens when you goof off with the police? Yeah. I don't know. I've no, never tried it's to try not it. a good idea. I'm telling you right do you now, think? don't do it. I usually go don't for I'm a, st- I'm a stupid person it's and like I don't know It's like the brattiest shit you could do. It's like brat and tear dom. This is really it's like, you know, trying to be funny to the cops. They hate that shit. 
Seriously, I, that's never worked for me. I, I tried so many times. It's never worked for me. God. Never. There's some aggression going on over here. You're no, missing I, it. I, I, I blew the mic and I shoved it into your face. Bam. Sorry about Thanks. that. Take I did not jail. consent. That's right. <laughs> do, you, do you need to call the cops? I, uh, <laughs> Officer Rose. <laughs> Excuse me. I heard there was a disturbance here. Oh I've gosh. made a citizen's arrest. <laughs> You guys, okay, actually, I'm starting to be a little Twitter pain. Can we stop? High five. It's high too much. Five. It's just, it's just a mild suggestion, and I'm already having problems. Let's just move on from the questions. Yeah, I'm too into See it. what happens? Madam Rose and I are co-topping in this scene <laughs> no. all of a sudden. No, we're moving on. We're moving on. That's this right. is not a. This is not a. Oh, oh. See how uncomfortable she is. We should do a scene on the air. Not right Whoa. now. We should Whoa. plan it and do it on the air. Like, like uh, the 1940s when they were on the radio. Yeah, we should oh, do a radio show, but for like kink. Well, you guys have the sound effects already, so we'll be good there, right? <laughs> Ah! <laughs> That's what I got. Can we just play some static on the TV to make it sound like old radio? You need the microphone in front of your I'm face. Sorry, I forget. I'm sorry, you you're in charge of moving the mic now. Just <laughs> hit me in the face with right. it. Like you need so some foam fun. around it or something. Just gonna hear so foam. much, so much. <laughs> okay, let's ask Madam Rose another question that's not scene related, and let's get let's just pivot yeah. away from this. Yeah. Pivot. Somebody's uncomfortable. Pivot. Okay. Um. Okay. Here we go. Completely different from this. Walk us through a session, 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 session. Walk us through a session negotiation. What should somebody expect when they approach you? Like if I was coming in to negotiate with you Hmm. and I called you, I'm assuming I call you first and then we meet in person. It kind of depends. Um, it depends on the situation. When I was working before at a commercial dungeon, I would accept walk-ins and that was probably the most, um, high volume of random, negotiations with total strangers that I would have in one particular setting. Now, as an independent, it's a little bit different. People will approach me directly, and it's uh, I prefer to people to contact me through my website. So there's usually a series of emails that gets exchanged beforehand. I sometimes will do a video session, depending on what they're requesting of me. Um, just a quick video call, just so I can make sure that it's a real person, not a police officer, not somebody psycho that really wants to kill me or put me in a well in their garage. Um... And then uh, depending, you know, it depends on how it goes back and forth. And then I always requested a deposit and I have some vetting techniques that I take advantage of. I'll usually do a little background check on their phone number or whatever other information that they may have inadvertently given me. Um, and then I'll also take their, you know, I, I like a prefer a, like a photo, a picture of their driver's license um, or and or their LinkedIn profile with a picture of their work badge or something that's got their picture and their name on it. Um, and or references. I do love references. I think it's something that is maybe a little old school that people don't do anymore, but I think it's really important. Now, I don't need to know the details of what happened in your session, but I think as um, professionals, we should stick together and support each other. And so, you know, if I, I fully encourage anybody that if I've given you permission to use me as a reference, feel free to, and I want those people to call me and check on that person. So we have to keep each other safe, unfortunately. So um so then we'll go through that and then uh, there's always a, always a deposit and we make arrangements for where the session will be but the actual negotiations are um usually i start off very casual because i don't it's easy to get overworked and overwhelmed and excited as you can tell so it's it's very um it's very so i try to keep it very cordial and like kind of light also too i think when that person is not as nervous you're able to get a lot better negotiations than if i were to try to to be extra mistressy <laughs> it's an adjective um 
But if I try to be extra domineering around these people or around somebody when I'm negotiating with them, they can get nervous and then we, you know, they forget to tell me that they had, you know, their entire leg reconstructed or something or they had heart surgery surgery two years ago. Yeah, like, (laughs) by the way, I have a steel plate in my chest. You (laughs) failed to tell me about that. So um, I I think you can get a lot more information in the negotiation conversations. And I prefer, I prefer negotiations to be in person, but... Uh, You know, it's just not like that for me sometimes. So even then, even if I have negotiated back and forth with somebody for a long time before a scene happens, before the scene, the day of the scene, I will still do a little quick negotiation with them. So it kind of depends. There's like a more of a to me, negotiation is more of a long it can it it, the negotiation should match whatever it is you're going to do. So if somebody comes to me and says, I want to do a mock execution, guess what? We're negotiating for weeks before that happens because I need more than one conversation with you. I'd even probably want to go and ha- sit somewhere safe and have coffee or something and talk about this with you face to face before we just, you just show up like this is Walmart and get an execution on aisle nine. So <laughs> I, I, to me, I require a long time of negotiations like that. If it's something like kind of basic and standard, then, you know, the word it can be a lot shorter maybe one or two emails back and forth or just kind of depends so it's a little bit like that but it i always start out with the basics things everybody should ask you know like tell me about your do you have any medical history or any you know medications you're on that we should talk about uh let's talk about any psychological traumas why do you want this kind of scene what are the things you're trying to feel what's your experience in this area have you ever done anything like this before um how how does doing this thing what is the outcome that you want from this thing um just along those lines and then I just kind of take it from there until I feel safe and secure with moving forward with whatever that thing is we're going to negotiate so it just kind of depends and then even the day of I have a little bit different of negotiation conversation than it's like when's the last time you ate how do you feel today did you prepare like I told you to um and then just kind of check on them in that moment how do you feel today do you still want to do this? <laughs> did you, did you, you know, freak out and now you don't want to? <laughs> did you decide you don't want to die today? <laughs> Since oh, our last whatever. conversation, did, did you have right? heart surgery? Um. <laughs> did you record any of our conversations? No, yeah. Did you suddenly have heart surgery last week and not tell me? Yeah. So it just kind of depends. Like I, I like to do a lot of like scene negotiations beforehand because I, I can't develop something and make like a truly memorable moment with somebody if I don't take the time to figure them out. But I do prefer face-to-face negotiations more just because I feel like you can get a lot more. I'm a big fan of reading body language and I feel like you can just get a lot more of a complete holistic picture about something when you talk to somebody in person versus, you know, emails back and forth or even a phone call. So yeah. It's not that much different than lifestyle, I don't think. I mean, when you, when you yeah. like, let's say you go, if you're lifestyle and you go to a play party and you do pickup play, I mean, in a way, it's very similar to that. It's like, tell me about your experience, what kind of safe words do you use, what's your aftercare like, you know, all of those things. You still ask all of those concepts. It's just in a professional atmosphere, I feel like you have the onus of responsibility to ask even more. Okay, so for this next question, Ooh. we're going to imagine a giant no-no finger. No, no, there you no, go. No, there it is. Eden's no, doing to it. The no to the hell no. <laughs> to the no no no. What do you wish clients would stop doing or oh, not do? My God, the million dollar question. <laughs> um, the number one thing that I wish they would not do 
Oh my god, narrow it down to one. Oh, you don't have to do one. Oh no? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Give us your top or bottom I think, three. Yeah. <laughs> I think um I think there there's a couple of things that really drive me nuts just because it makes doing this harder than it really has to be and it it really burns people like me out and a lot of my colleagues out too. It makes it feel disgusting after a while it's just when people come to us acting acting like we're professionals so we're not a human being we don't have any thoughts feelings cares compassions like we're not human beings we're literally kink dispensers and we don't care about safety we don't care about anything it's just all about you and your raging boner and how you need to have like a session right away mistress like you know it's like that it just that attitude of just constant entitlement of just showing well i'm here so you have to bdsm me it's like hi it's thursday and i'm here with my sister and like we're eating tacos so i'm gonna need you to back off a little bit um you know so just like a feeling of entitlement like they're entitled to my time attention energy expertise at any given moment so that and just not having respect for my safety as well it's like they're all scared and i was just telling somebody about this today it's like you know it's you people have so much shame and stigma about seeing a professional that they like they're so guarded and they're so careful not to share their identity or they're not very forthcoming about themselves. But that's a huge red flag and that makes me feel unsafe as well. And so I just feel like there's not that much care or compassion about keeping me safe or realizing that this is also mutually as scary for me as it might be for them because I'm literally going to go to a total stranger and we're going to sit in a room together for three hours and do some crazy shit. You know, it's also scary for me too. So I think just people showing up, thinking I'm not a human being, having no, you know, thinking I'm available, like I run some kind of clinic and you can just come at like my office hours are between and you could just show up or get same day appointments or not, you know, you can bypass my screening or, you know, it's like I have built this business the way that I have it for a reason and not having the respect of that, of treating it that way is, is a quick way to get blocked and not get my time anymore. But I just wish that it, it makes it so difficult to find good clients when there's so many people that just show up and want to talk about their fantasy and never want to actually put money or any serious energy towards their fantasy. It's like, you know, I'm not an on-call sex bot. So <laughs> let's, let's back that up a little. <laughs> You insert know. another quarter yeah. yeah or or just showing up and assuming my my prone uh my um i can't think of the word right now. thank you i was thinking pronouns but that's actually also not true but yeah like i just don't like you know people showing up and assuming my honorific either that's also quite rude and it's i i feel like um Okay, so now there's another thing coming to the surface now that we talk about this, like if it's a therapy session and this is coming out. Um, it takes a long time to get ready for a session and, you know, not not showing the same equal commitment, I think, is the thing that really drives me crazy. It's like just not being on the same level as me, not, not putting in the effort that I'm putting in. Like, sure, I'm a professional, but, like, you brush your teeth before you go to the dentist, right? So yeah. I just feel like, you know, you hope so. God. <laughs> so you know what i'm saying i just feel like people could just respect the position more and respect what it is we're doing i mean this is a very difficult thing and it takes years and years and years to be at a point where you can have a stable business in this industry and it's very difficult it's pretty cutthroat and it's very dangerous and it takes a lot of energy so just having somebody that's not going to match that it's like 
infuriating sometimes. What are some things that a client can say or do that are like gold star mm. that just make your your dumb heart happy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anytime that anybody's listened to what I have to say and has picked up because I drop a lot of hints about what I like, <laughs> how you can do nice things for me, you know, and anybody who's taken the time to show that they listen to that and it's not, oh, no, I'm the one now. <laughs> You're going to get punished later. Was that a, was that a <laughs> It was an alarm. No, it was just a little oh, alarm. Good. Okay, sorry. Sounds are scary. No. But now I know. <laughs> you know already. I was going to say that's an And now you're reinforcing this. So now I really know. It and it's like recording. Yeah, they make her angry and she'll punch them in the face. I don't actually If she's them. tied down, could she punch anything? She'll though? try, which is funny. That would be great. <laughs> this is getting off topic again. I'm never going into another realm. And in case I didn't pick up earlier, I don't like clowns. And I thought... Anyway, <laughs> that's funny. Right. So gold star behavior. Yeah, yeah. Gold star behavior. So again, just anybody listening to me, like, you know, taking the time to get to know me, right? Because like underneath Madam Rose is still Rose. I'm still a person underneath all of this latex and leather. So um, some of the the most memorable things are like, you know, sh- showing up with the exact kind of shoes and the exact size that I wear, right? Without me ever... How, it's out there on the internet. If you really want to know, you can find out my shoe size, right? So, What's your website called? Oh, yourmadamrose.com. It looks beautiful, yes. so you can find things on there. <laughs> we will have that in the show notes as well. Oh, okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, just, you know, taking the time to show that they care about me, like uh, bringing me lunch or bringing me, uh, you know, a box of my favorite chocolates or my favorite perfumes or... Uh, the toy that I've always been fantasizing about or, you know, just showing that they're, that they care about me beyond them getting what they want. Mm-hmm. Those are always, that's just like, it makes me melty. I can't help it. Yeah. Or like even, it doesn't always have to be about buying stuff either. It can be like, um, you know, <laughs> there's so many memories that are popping in my mind right now. I'm like, whoa, barrage, barrage, barrage. <laughs> like um, one time somebody sang me my favorite, one of my favorite songs. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how cute. Like, you remembered that from me saying we were in the middle of a scene. And I was, it came on my little phone radio. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this song. I started singing it while we're playing, right? But you remembered that. And now next time I see you, you're on your knees singing it to me. How freaking cute is that, right? Like, how could you not melt from that? So, again, just taking the time to show that what we're doing matters to them, too, not just me. Yeah. That's good. I'm so romantic. That was so sweet and romantic. Okay, let's see. There's... Rose beneath Madame Rose beneath the latex and the leather. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do when you're not working? Like, what are some things that you enjoy, and how does kink and BDSM play into your lifestyle outside of being a pro? Mm, okay, that's a good question. So, I personally, yeah, well done. You should, uh, you know, kudos to your writers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I actually uh, have that cliche thought in my mind of like live hard, work hard. And I'm, as you can imagine, I'm an intense person, not just in my kink and my BDSM, like lifestyle and professional, but also too, I have a very intense corporate day job where I like to dominate the boardroom as well. So I, I think because I work in a very male dominated space, it's, I like extremely enjoy what it is I do because I get to be a powerful woman in a male typically male dominated space and now I'm making all the men uncomfortable in the boardroom so there's like a huge carryover (laughs) surprise I'm I'm in charge in my vanilla life just like I'm in charge of my um so 
to me, it's like having that duality, having that balance is really important for me. I know a lot of people um, that are professionals that don't have the capacity really to have a vanilla job too, but I just really love it. And I've tried walking away from my vanilla career, but I just, it's not, my, my life is just not as fulfilling for me if I don't. So I have a very analytical mind and I work in science and I like being in that analytical world, but I also like being able to clock out put on the heels the latex and go and you know have this completely opposite world that I live in that's built off of energy and emotion and connection which is so different than my day life so that and I like to garden which is weird but uh no it's not weird <laughs> okay <laughs> I, like I like to, to garden, garden too yeah and I like to sew and make costumes and things like that so uh, that and I'm always trying to learn more languages. That's also something else that I try to do. Also, you like masks and you have lots of masks. I do have lots of. That's a huge fetish for me. <laughs> it's so funny. I was I was looking back over old um, fet fet life photos on my fet life profile because I have like way too many, and I was looking back on the old school ones on my very first. F- Pro photo shoot I had this mask on it was like a half face mask with like little spikes down the middle we're talking years before the pandemic right, right. and so <laughs> and so somebody commented on one of my pictures like look at Madame Rose is so she's like ahead of her time with the masks <laughs> you know and it's funny because now I realize like I've had I've been having a mask fetish for my god so many so many years so um yes you're right I do have, I have a huge gigantic container full of different masks and I think the thing with that is I just like uh it's fun for me to dehumanize people and make them into a character when we're playing so I like to put put like really creepy looking masks on people clowns yeah (laughs) it all started with one of those Mexican wrestler hoods I was in Mexico and somebody was selling these hood mask things and I thought, well, I don't know who this wrestler is, but it sure looks funny. It's like silver chicken with this yellow marking on his face and this big red fuzzy mohawk down the top. You know, I thought, this is going to be great. Somebody's going to look so humiliated in this. And so I bought it just to see if I would like it. Oh my God, I loved it. So then it was like every Halloween, how many masks can I buy? Go to the Halloween store that on November 1st at 8 a.m. and just like you know all the supermarket <laughs> sweep it and just throw as many things that i can in my basket but i love it yeah so that's and it gets it seems to be getting like leveled up every time it started with like cute masks and now it's getting like serial killery and <laughs> it's another cool adjective i'm pointing you guys can use all of this on your merch that's exciting awesome. yeah no, this this episode is very quotable very quotable yeah. these are all verbs now yeah. <laughs> we're rewriting the language <laughs> so <laughs> Eden's trying to steal the microphone back. Um, so you were just talking about things that you like to do when you're not working as a pro. Yeah. But can you talk to us a little bit about the lifestyle side for you? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm actually still uh, kind of new to trying to be in the lifestyle. My first like four or five years as a pro, I had no interest in really being in the lifestyle. It's not that I was repulsed by it or anything. I just didn't have the time. I mean, I was like, I felt like having long-term commitments to people, I take that very seriously. You know, having a submissive, having somebody wear my collar, that's a really big deal to me. And so I thought, 
you know, I don't want to start dabbling in that world until I know that I can really like truly give somebody the time and attention that they need. So for the first few years, I just didn't. I just practiced being a professional and just focused on skills and technique and things like that. And then <laughs> my timing is horrible. But right before the pandemic, I was like, that's it. I'm going to go to munches <laughs> and I'm going to try to like meet people. And it was very difficult because a lot of the lifestyle people didn't welcome me. They still don't. It's like a lot of... um discord and i don't mean that as a plug for discord i mean there's just a lot of like hatred towards pros for a lot of lifestyle people and and it, i either get people are like so mystified and it's usually the men that are like oh my god you're a pro and then the women are like oh you're a pro you know so it's like it's very um and i hate to be so polarized sexually about that but it's just kind of the way that it's been and it's unfortunate so i go through these ebbs and flows where i'm like oh i'm gonna be like knee deep in the lifestyle and then i get in and i'm like oh god i'm not that welcome here or i'm not having a great time so then i'll pull back a little bit and then i'll get knee deep again and then i'll pull back again so it's kind of this weird thing but i'm i'm really loving it so far like i i have made some really fantastic connections over the last couple of years and i i'm so happy to say that i have a a couple of more than a couple i have a few in my stable now that i have building really great relationships with and i think it's exciting because now it's uh, now i feel like i'm a 247 person i didn't really feel like I, i i wanted to be but i didn't really feel like i could or I was and now I really do feel like now it's like oh yeah I need to do this professionally like it's like <laughs> whereas before it was like oh no I'm a professional and so now it's, it's a little bit different it's a little bit different but it's so far it's been great I think it was just really about finding my people honestly yeah I think that was a big reason why we wanted to do this interview is is to kind of because I I can see what you're talking about in terms of like how lifestylers may perceive right pros right um and react in that sense and so i think you know having you here today and just hearing you talk and getting this information out and showing the humanness Hmm. of it you know and it's not just whatever their idea is yeah um and i mean how long have i known you Oh, <laughs> well, I've been a pro now seven and a half years. So I feel it's got to be around seven years somewhere, probably. Okay. I mean, I don't think you knew me in my finger quotes here again. Submissive days. <laughs> I don't think so. No, <laughs> God, it would have been weird, right? Could you imagine? <laughs> and this is my master. <laughs> what? Who? Canada, what? <laughs> right. It's funny because now I top him. But anyway, so. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, we've been we've known time, each other yeah. for a while. And, yeah. you know, we're friends and mm-hmm. like all three of us hang out and stuff We're bros speaking out <laughs> bros. so i think i think that's why i love this is just people being able to get to know the humanness of you and and of pros in general and i understand that there are pros who are the ones that sort of give <laughs> the, the bad name right, <laughs> to right, pros right. like right and unfortunately people may have their their only interactions may be with those people or they might base their entire idea on an encounter sure um so i think it's really important for that reason too that that we talk to you and and other pros that we plan on talking to that's wink wink hint hint someday in the future um i know some people that would love to come talk to you sure yeah and i'm actually really glad you're doing this because i think that it is really important and i do agree with what you're saying you know everybody always remembers a negative Mm-hmm. much more than they remember the positive. And unfortunately, there are some pros out there that do 
give us a horrible name and do make this extra difficult for everybody. But I think things like this and, and honestly, like if people, one of the things like when I teach my classes, I always try to tell people like, you know, being a pro dom is not just about me catering to somebody's sexual fantasy. This is also about me sharing and helping other people. So I offer a lot of support for couples that are trying to learn how to, you know, make their, their lives even more beautiful with each other. So it's not like there's, I'm willing to give advice. I'll coach somebody, I'll train somebody, you know, it's like, it, it's not just about, you know, whatever you perceive there's, we are real people too. And, you know, nine times out of 10, we're not what you think we are. We, we may have to carry that persona to make money because that's right. what the expectation is. But, you know, there's really like we're people, too. And we, you know, we really love what we do and we love the community. And believe it or not, pros love lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. You know, there's a, a, so many people that I know that wish that they could just be lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just like I'm really glad that you're doing this. And I hope that people do kind of break that stigma. And if you do meet somebody who's a pro, just take some time to get to know them as a person because they're going to really love that honestly we don't get a lot of that I complain about that all the times like I feel like everybody wants to know Madam Rose but nobody cares to know Rose Mm -hmm. and it's really depressing to say but it's truly how I feel it's hard it like makes me feel isolated as well so I'm glad that you're doing this and I encourage anybody who ever meets a pro just befriend them and start talking to them. Ask them how their day is. What kind of sandwiches they like. Like, I don't care, whatever, what kind of car they drive. You know, just something fun and, like, connect with them as a person because, you know, they have a crazy job, but they're still a person too, so. What was the latest thing they planted? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of seeds you got growing this year? (laughs) I'm really glad that you said what you said too because I feel like there's very few places in the world that you can go to have – parts of your spirit that might be hard to carry adjusted or lifted by somebody else. And I feel like the work that you're doing, at least to me is like spiritually significant and important. And I, it's almost like to the point of like, it should be like a sacred position in our society. And I think that it Mm. is, I just don't think it's acknowledged as that. And it has the potential to be that in the way that you conduct yourself to me is not only very ethical, but it's like very sacred and important. And I also think you're a great person and I'm oh. glad to know Rose as well as Madam Rose. Thank so I'm glad you. you're here with us today. Thank you. Um, it's nice to say. Yeah. So, well, thank you all for listening. This has been the episode. Thanks, everybody. Um, yeah, we're... Oh. We popped our interview cherry. Ooh, oh my gosh, I got to be the one. <laughs> it's all coming together perfectly. Um, if you want to hear... Adding this to my fetish list. <laughs> if you want to hear a radio show scene, let us know because Ooh, yeah. I kind of now want to do it, although I think I'm going to get really uncomfortable We should awkward. do it. You should email me to negotiate. I'll talk to you. We'll talk. We'll talk. Um, also, also, before we close out and we do our shout outs for um, our Call Me Kinkling and also for uh, for our team, uh, we, I want to give Madam Rose a chance to plug anything that she'd like to plug. Oh, yeah, thanks. LOL. That was not... <laughs> LOL. What I, oh, yeah. Not oh. what I meant. All right, let's start with the long out. list of things I want to plug. I, that came out wrong. Okay, anyways, Madam Rose, go ahead. Take the floor. Sideways. Oh, oh, you always want to keep the base on the outside, okay? Keep the base on the outside. A little free tip for you there. You two are... <laughs> well, you got to pay for the rest, but you can get the tip for free, sure. Um, yes. So I'm redoing my website. Uh, I've been on hiatus for a little while, but I'm coming back out. So I'm uh, about to relaunch my website. So I'm gonna have some 
really cool links to some um, other people in the community, like your podcast and like all the cool things that you folks do with your parties and events and classes. And so I'm going to be promoing some of my friends and then also just changing up some of the graphics and uh, adding some additional stuff to my bio. Hint, 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 hint. And uh, also about to start releasing clips again on a regular basis. I have, uh, I'm excited to say that I just recently moved and I have an amazing new, I'm finally getting my own personal private play space. So it's in construction. We're painting and assorted things right now. So the clips will be coming back out. So I love people to go and check out my clips and uh, order custom clips. I do cameos too. I don't know if you know what cameos are. There's a lot of fun. Oh, they're super fun. They're like uh, you can basically pay celebrities to make custom video clips. Uh, most commonly requested for me is birthday. <laughs> so it's like give birth- awesome. give birthday spankings to old men. So I just make like little <laughs> little videos about spanking your grandpa or whatever. Um, <laughs> So that's fun. So just uh, reach out to me through my website, though. I, I teach a lot of classes. I'm starting to get back into parties again. And uh, I have a lot of cool content to connect with. And uh, I'm always an open ear if you ever have questions. I, I always encourage people to hit me up, too. So yourmadamrose.com. It all starts there. And do you have all of the uh, links and stuff to your social medias from there as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, for the shout-outs, we have our amazing team, Lena, Tussled, and Sid. They all work super hard to help us um, be, exist. Ooh, it's like it's like I haven't done it 30 times. And, like, <laughs> by the way, this marks our 30th episode record. I just want to say it's going to be our 30th episode going out. Yeah. Yay, oh, wait. Go us. Wow, it's your 30th no, popping 30. It's our 30th episode, yeah. Um, so I have no excuse to not be able to run this off because we say it every single time. Uh, we love our team. They support us. They helped build our Discord. They helped run our Discord. Um, Sid is the man behind all of the electronic website Go things. Sid. Lena is the Lena manager of the dis- the Canadian vampire who helps us run and manage the Discord. Canadian vampire? Canadian. Canadian or vampire. Canadian, or nice. Canadian. Uh, we're, someday we'll visit. So, and then Tussled um, helps us direct content, takes notes, and is just very supportive. So those are our three people on our team. We appreciate them all so much. And then there's, of course, Pauline! Hey! Me kinkling. But she's lonely. She needs friends. Oh, so man. if you want to become a Call Me Kinkling today or any level of our patron, Patreon, do any level of Patreon, it, check it. it out. It, you can join for as little as a dollar. That's right. We're crazy. And we made a $1 tier. That's you should awesome. totally be on it. Totally. All right. We have a second Call Me Kinkling. Allie just became a Call Me Kinkling. Oh, my gosh. We're so excited about it. So thank you so much, Allie, for being our second Call Me Kinkling, putting in Allie. Y'all are the best. Uh, without, wait, no, fuck, shit. Closing out. All the words. <laughs> There's gotta be more. Thank you, know you so more? much for being here with us today. And and thank you, Madam Rose, so much for being here and being our first interviewee. Thank you for <laughs> trusting me with your airspace, and I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time on Case for Kinky. Bye. Bye. My precious kinkling. That went fast.